Are you trying to squeeze the starting solid food stuff into your already busy schedule? Well, I have an all-in-one done-for-you solution that's going to take the guesswork out of feeding your baby. My online program is called Baby Led Weaning with Katie Ferraro. It contains all of my baby led weaning training videos, the original 100 First Foods content library, plus a 100-day meal plan with recipes like the exact sequence of which foods to feed in which order. So if you want to stop trying to piece all this feeding stuff together on your own, I would be honored if you would join me inside of the program. You can get signed up at babyledweaning.co slash program. Checking in about food allergies and introducing allergenic foods. And have you done peanut with your baby yet? Well, intact nuts and thick globs of nut butters like peanut butter are choking hazards for babies, but we want to get that peanut protein into your baby early and often in order to help lower the risk of peanut allergy down the road. My absolute favorite way to introduce peanuts for babies is using the Puffworks Baby Peanut Puffs. So When you hear puffs, like you're probably like, oh, those starchy little puff things. Like, no, no, no. Not the little ones that earlier eaters can't pick up. Those kind of crappy puffs from the store that have added sugar and refined grains and lots of salt. Uh uh. The Puffworks baby peanut puffs have no added sugar. They have just a smidge of sodium for preservatives, and they are the perfect size for baby led weaning. They're about the size of your adult pinky finger. So, you can, baby can pick them up, self-feed them, but they're so soft that they dissolve in your baby's mouth so you can introduce these peanut puffs even before your baby has teeth. Puffworks also makes a baby almond puff for the safe introduction of a separate allergenic food category. That's tree nuts. And now, finally, Puffworks put out a combo case. So it's half baby peanut and half baby almond. So if you want to grab one case, then you can knock out two new allergenic foods. We do these on different days, though. These are just the no-stress, low-mess way to get peanut and tree nut out of the way. So you can get 15% off everything at puffworks.com when you use the affiliate discount code BLWPOD. That's a new code. It's BLWPOD. Use that sucker at checkout at puffworks.com and get peanut and tree nut safely out of the way. I'm glad that you're just letting her be able to do that because she has to have that tongue movement established so that that upper lip can actually overextend and the tongue can come more into the mouth as she starts to practice. Hey there, I'm Katie Ferraro, registered dietitian, college nutrition professor, and mom of seven specializing in baby led weaning. Here on the Baby Led Weaning Made Easy podcast, I help you strip out all of the noise and nonsense about feeding, leaving you with the confidence and knowledge you need to give your baby a safe start to solid foods using baby led weaning. Hi, Dawn. Thanks so much for being here again on the Baby Led Weaning Made Easy podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Katie. It's great to be back. Uh, it's been a while, but you're definitely still like far and away like the most frequently interviewed guest on the podcast because I love getting your expertise as an SLP who's also a feeding expert specializing in baby led weaning and you're a product designer for Easy Peasy. So before we get started, like what's going on at Easy Peasy? You guys got any new products coming out? We do. We just launched our Happy Cup and Happy Utensils for older toddlers, two years plus, and we have a lot of new baby stuff coming down the pike too. So stay tuned, everyone. I love the happy stuff. So you sent me cups and the utensils. My kids have sized out of the mini, which we used for a long time, but they love, they call them the big kid cups now. And sorry, I'm always blowing you up by tagging you, but I like love watching them Use your products, especially the knife, like the happy knife. I know we'll talk about feeding milestones and babies don't need to learn how to use knives, but you guys, your bigger kids will need to learn how to use knives. And that knife, Dawn, like it cuts food, but not your finger. It's amazing. 
Yes, I, it took a long time through the development process to make sure that we had a knife that's able to work on the spreading milestones and the cutting milestones, but not cause boo-boos at the same time. So <laughs> it's important. All right, let's talk about babies who don't need knives or forks. We're here today to talk about how your baby learns to chew and swallow. And I get so many questions, as do you, about like, how is this really going to work if there's just a piece of food? And they don't even have any teeth. And a lot of parents worry gosh, my baby's not ready to start solid foods because they don't have teeth yet. So is having teeth a prerequisite for needing to start solid foods? Yeah, I hear this all the time too. And no, teeth are not needed. It's not a prerequisite. When we start solids around six months of age and baby showing all the signs of readiness, they generally have no teeth. And that's totally fine because developmentally, teeth are not needed for a soft, moist, solid food during the learning process of mastication. Mastication is another fancy word for chewing. And if we waited to start solid foods until baby has teeth, we might be waiting until nine months of age or more. And then we miss out on some pretty important oral motor feeding and swallowing milestones. So it's really important for parents to know that, you know, we are not waiting for teeth. We're actually starting when babies are ready to start at six months of age and showing all those signs of readiness. Okay, so if we know babies don't need teeth to start solid foods, let's talk a little bit about how they learn to chew. We've got a baby, let's say six months of age, showing these other reliable signs of readiness to eat. If they don't have teeth and we're offering the soft strips of solid foods, what's the mechanism by which they're gonna learn to actually like eat this food? Because you know, like on day one, they're looking at it like, I don't know what to do with this. How do they get to the point where they actually know what to do with it? Well, they learn to eat food by the process of mastication or chewing. And this is when food is smushed and mixed with saliva to form what we call in the feeding world a bolus or a food ball. That's an appropriate size for swallowing. But this process is not just done by the teeth, you guys. It's a process that also involves other oral motor movements, such as opening and closing of the jaw, um, moving food from side to side with the tongue called tongue lateralization, uh, pressing food with the cheeks and keeping that food inside of the mouth with good lip closure. Now, these tongue, cheek, and lip movements develop when babies get an opportunity to practice eating finger foods or drinking from an open cup and eating independently from a baby-led spoon. Okay, you mentioned lip closure. So I want to ask you, I know it's one of your favorite terms, and then it's a perfect segue to start talking about open cup drinking. So could you share a little bit about how open cup drinking supports lip closure and then what role does that play in baby... I would assume, not being an SLB here, more swallowing than chewing here, but maybe I'm wrong. No, no, that's absolutely right. So when we're practicing open cup drinking, we're establishing sensation or touch to the corners of a baby's mouth. Now that is going to, that's why having the tiny cup from Easy Peasy is a design that is specifically designed for a baby's mouth. Now, you know, you know, I'm not a fan of sippy cups. You know, I'm not a fan of like 360 cups because those cups are so big and they don't stimulate the corners of a baby's lips, which doesn't allow them to actually really provide really good lip closure. And we need Need to have good lip closure in order to actually work on chewing. And it's it's kind of funny because when parents are asking about chewing, I, I'll always go to, so how is your baby drinking from an open cup? Oh, they're not drinking from an open cup. Well, we have to start there before we actually work on chewing because we have to establish these really fundamental mouth movements before we start going into the reflexes that are needed for chewing and swallowing. So having that good lip closure, a great way to practice is using 
using an open cup. Um, another great way to practice is using a baby lid spoon. So that lip closure, the baby is putting that spoon into their own mouth and their lips are going over the narrow spoon bowl and really getting that lip to actually take off all of the the food. And I always tell parents, if you're not sure if your baby has a really good lip closure, then look at their spoon. If there's food still on the spoon after your baby um, removes it from their lips, then they don't really have really good lip closure. We need to have strong lip closure in order to take all the food off of that spoon and to be able to have um, good open cup drinking without leaking from the sides of the mouth. So then we know that we have that really good lip closure. And that's the fundamentals to be able to help make sure that your baby's going to be able to chew appropriately and swallow safely. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. If you've been thinking about giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's a convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online experience. All you do is just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can also switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. I used to think therapy was just for people who have experienced major trauma, but therapy can help you be at your best no matter what you're going through. So whether it's to learn new positive coping skills, set more realistic boundaries, or just show up as a better version of yourself, BetterHelp is here to help. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can help you get there and BetterHelp can help you. Visit BetterHelp.com slash weaning today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash weaning and get 10% off your first month. So I know a lot of parents will kind of stress out or worry that their baby won't know what to do. Like, Katie, okay, put, you put the strips of food out there and the baby picks it up. But could you share how babies, you know, instinctively know how to chew and eventually swallow? Because I think parents like get confused from the, yeah, I see them picking up the long strips of food. That makes sense because they need to do it with their own hands. But I stress out when it gets in their mouth. So how does the baby know what to do? Yeah, so I understand when parents say that and they're like, I'm really worried that my child is going to choke on that. But I try to educate parents that there's several oral motor patterns and reflexes that your baby has to have opportunities to practice in order to help to prepare them for those broken pieces of food that kind of scatter all inside the mouth. First, they need to have that adequate lip closure and strong tongue elevation that we were just talking about, which again comes from practicing open cup drinking and independent spoon use. And once these oral motor movements are established, the reflexes such as the phasic bite and the tongue lateralization really come into play. Now, the phasic bite is a pattern of the jaw that is characterized by an up and down movement that usually occurs after stimulation of the cheek or the gums from food or a teether, or if you stick your finger in baby's mouth or a baby sticks their own finger into their mouth. Now, this bite pattern lacks the coordination and strength at first, but with practice, it turns into a strong munch chew that can and break down soft table foods easily and successfully. And then the tongue lateralization reflex is when the tongue moves towards touch from food. So the tongue will lateralize to the side of the mouth of where the stimulation of those broken pieces of food that are scattered there. And then the tongue is going to sweep those pieces of food up and push that food back onto the gum line to be munched and swallowed safely. Now the key here, and this is a huge part of my feeding therapy practice, is that these oral motor movements and reflexes need to be 
well-established by nine months of age. Now, the rationale for that is that these reflexes begin to recede around that time, so babies need to practice chewing before this, which is why when parents call um, me and are like, oh, I've been doing purees till about nine months and I'm afraid of choking, I'm like, well, we kind of missed that little window of opportunity of these oral motor movements and these reflexes to kind of kick in, right, and to be able to help baby learn how to chew and swallow. Now, if a parent is listening and has a baby older than nine months and struggling with chewing right now, it can get better and I could definitely help. Don't worry. It's just that the key is working on these skills prior to that nine-month mark, which is why, Katie, you and I really believe in a baby-led approach, really being able to start solids at six months of age and baby showing all those signs of readiness because that time frame um, is really critical to be able to have these oral motor movements, have these reflexes in play, to be able to really have your baby use those innate abilities to establish how to be able to really move their mouth correctly and in a way to make sure that all the food that they're that you're putting on their plate and that they're putting into their mouth are actually going to be chewed and swallowed safely. Yeah, because it is kind of annoying when you take all the time to make the food and you're like, they're not doing anything with it. But the key there is practice. And I know I'm always emphasizing that from a nutrition standpoint, you're emphasizing it from a developmental standpoint. I want to go back to, um, <laughs> well, I love when we teach it, you bring out your fake mouth. And I know you just moved. So I hope you have all your like, fake baby set up. You show her how to drink out. She gets this fake baby on video, you guys. And like the baby learns how to drink out of the cup. But she also has this fake mouth, which is actually really cool. She puts her hand in the tongue and moves it around. She's showing you like, you don't think about it, but like the tongue and the mouth muscles of the jaws, like there's so much happening there. I think it's fascinating. Talk a little bit about these lateral versus rotary movements. What type does baby do in which order? Does it matter? Like, I think that sometimes is like mind blowing for parents. Yeah. So you know, around six months of age, they generally, again, have no teeth, but those teeth are starting to get ready to emerge, right? So, you know, we've established teeth are not needed for solid foods, but we are using this munch chew, this up and down motion, um, which is, you know, your baby's starting to be able to just kind of mush those foods onto the gum line. So that's why it's really important to have safe strips of foods about the length and thickness of an adult pinky finger so that it really lays down and is established onto that gum line so your baby can actually have that up and down chewing motion. So this is this chewing motion is going to kind of make those soft foods press together onto the gum line, really push to be able to help that gum line, you know, break open for teeth to be able to be emerged, but also be able to allow your baby to actually learn how to move up and down to help establish that tongue lateralization to go towards that food. And then once your baby has a lot of practice with this munch chew, then as they move into toddlerhood, then this movement becomes more of a rotary movement. And that is how you and I chew and swallow. It's kind of being able to have this rotation of the jaw and the teeth and the cheeks and the lips and the tongue that is really breaking down harder foods and multiple texture foods, right? When we're first starting out with giving baby solids, you know, we're not providing lots of lots of textures. And Katie and I always joke about, we're not giving baby lasagna at six months, right? We, we're establishing these nice strips of food that make it really easy for a baby to place that onto their gum line and really work on that up and down motion of that munch chew, that, which is a precursor to the rotary movement. And these movements are key to not only establishing you know, a, a baby's ability to be able to developmentally go up in texture and consistency, 
healthy, but also to be able to have that safe swallow, right? We want to avoid babies kind of overstuffing and just swallowing food whole. And you guys, we did a whole interview together, Dawn and I, where she explained about overstuffing. It's called Overstuffing, What If My Baby Takes Big Bites? That's episode 54. If you are experiencing or struggling with overstuffing, Dawn has some really, really good tips for there in how you can help your baby kind of move past this annoying practice, I guess I would say. It's not always, it's, sometimes it looks a lot worse than it really is, is what you've taught us. Again, that's episode 54. And Dawn, I know like we both encounter parents a lot of times, caregivers who are really reticent to do baby led weaning because they say, gosh, my baby's only ever had infant milk in their mouth. So any words of wisdom for why babies who are six months plus showing those other reliable signs of readiness to eat, why they can and why they should progress beyond the thick and liquids like breast milk and or formula? Because it's really easy to be like, we're cool here. We're good here. I want to stay here. But why should we move beyond that at six months? Yeah, parents sometimes are hesitant because exactly what you're saying, this is this is a comfortable space for us. But again, we really want to establish all these oral motor movements and these reflexes. And we need to do that before that nine-month mark. And it's important to be able to have that well-established. And if you are feeling that liquids is the key there, then I always try to meet parents where they're at. So I'm like, okay, we've got you know the easy peasy tiny cup. You're putting breast milk or formula in there. You're, you're feeling good about that. Okay, let's kind of establish a thicker puree. Let's put a thicker puree into the cup. Okay, great. You've established that. We have no place else to go <laughs> but to finger foods, right? So we're going from, you know, those, you know, the thick liquids of breast milk or formula to maybe a thicker puree from the cup. We, we've got to move on. And the reason why I try to kind of help parents move on quickly through that process is because we are on a time crunch here. We're on a time crunch to get your baby to actually establish those hunger and fullness cues. We're on a time crunch for your baby to actually have exposure to those finger foods before that nine-month mark. We're in a time crunch to be able to really establish that lip closure and tongue elevation and being able to move into those reflexes of that phasic bite and that tongue lateralization. All of this comes from being able to prepare your baby for these texture opportunities. And I like parents to think about that. It is an opportunity for them to learn. And it's critical to be able to kind of move past all of these other easier textures, textures that make you feel a little bit more comfortable, because this is a time frame that your baby is able to really tap into their innate abilities of being able to chew and swallow and allow you, the caregiver, to be able to provide them with those safe, safe textured strips before, let's say, your baby goes to daycare or somebody else is watching your baby. We want to really have that great control of being able to provide baby with these safe, different textures in order for baby to be able to inform their own body of what these different taste textures um, feel like and really be able to protect their airway. And this is what baby-led feeding is all about, right, is being able to let baby tap in to their natural reflexes to help them to swallow safely and be able to do that independently. And if the texture stuff is freaking you out, for those of you listening, or you're like, you know, you say texture, what does that really mean? The last interview episode that Don and I did together was about texture. It was called Texture 101. That was tips for trying trickier textures with Don Winkleman, episode 195. If you guys have more questions about the texture stuff, or you're not really sure about the texture progression, be sure to listen to that episode because Dawn does a great job of breaking it down. All right, Dawn, can we talk a little bit about the gum line? Okay, those strips of baby led weaning food, we're always saying you want to cut them about the size of your adult pinky finger. And I think parents get the grasping point as we pointed or mentioned earlier, like, yeah, how's your baby going to pick up 
a small piece of food that don't have their pincer grasp. That makes sense for earlier eaters. But talk about what happens when those strips hit the mouth. You know, sometimes the way you teach is is explaining how it hits the gum line again. And I think that's really eye-opening for parents. Yeah. So I teach parents that if the food covers your baby's tongue, if that strip of food is covering your baby tongue, baby's tongue, then you're not teaching chewing. You're teaching suckling. The length and the thickness of that food strip should be cut to fit onto the gum line. That way that your baby can easily place it onto their gums, learn how to be able to work on that munch chew. Again, having that up and down motion that doesn't require any teeth. And this food strip is important for them to be able to hold onto with their little chunky little fists and have that be on to the gum line and be able to allow them to kind of munch and chew. And if, you know, you'll see the babies kind of pull that strip out, kind of look at it and kind of, you know, problem solve and say, oh, I see what the cause of effect here is. You know, I put that strip onto the gum line, I actually chewing it, and I'm actually being able to move that piece of food into my mouth, being able to have that good tongue um, movement to go up to the roof of the mouth to have a nice safe swallow. And this is all key with having those strips of food go onto the gum line. Um, Sometimes, you know, I'll watch a a baby eat and that, that food strip is so big and it covers that tongue. And what it does is it kind of keeps that tongue tethered into a place where the tongue can't really move. And we need that tongue to elevate to the roof of the mouth for that swallow. We need that tongue to lateralize from side to side. So when that food strip is touching that side of the tongue, the tongue is moving towards that food strip. And that's going to help to not only help protect the airway, but also allow baby to say, oh, I don't want to swallow that yet. I need to actually chew that just a little bit more before swallowing it. So these are keys to this safe swallow development. This is keys to good oral motor movement. This is keys to actually helping parents feel a little bit more comfortable about that and being able to continuously offer those strips of foods to baby in a variety of different, you know, tastes and textures to help baby actually develop those skill set to to be able to chew going from that munch chew all the way to a rotary chew. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. And I know whenever I hear you talk about like the gum line and putting the strip of food, and if it covers the tongue, obviously we're impeding the baby's ability to learn how to chew. It reminds me of what you always teach regarding the spoon. Like part of the reason why you design the bowl of the tiny spoon to be so remarkably smaller than we're used to seeing from a quote unquote traditional baby food is because those spoon bowls, correct me if I'm wrong, but they cover the entirety of the baby's tongue, at which point we're like paralyzing the baby's ability to learn how to manipulate that spoon themselves. So can you talk a little bit about the design of the spoon bowl of the tiny spoon and how that helps with learning to chew and swallow. Even though I think sometimes parents are like, oh, well, that's a spoon, that's different. It's actually all related to what we're talking about here. Absolutely. And again, this using a spoon is kind of a precursor to chewing. So the reason why I designed the spoon with a narrow spoon bowl is because of the fact that the tongue has to kind of lift onto the sides. And like you said, Katie, most of the spoons on the market are have a really large spoon bowl. So what happens is that it, it does really tether that tongue to where it can't really lift onto the sides to be able to help with that normal swallow. So having that narrow spoon bowl is really important to not only establishing the tongue elevation, but really establishing that lip closure too. And again, 
being able to get the lips involved in the right spot, get the tongue involved in the right spot will actually help in, in what we say in the feeding world to have that good swallow spot. So having that oral motor movements to be able to have the tongue lift up to the roof of the mouth with that food ball and be able to bring it down to swallow successfully. A lot of the families that, you know, reach out to me for parent coaching and they, they'll send me a picture of their spoon and I'm like, okay, first off, let's switch the spoon off, the spoon out because getting a baby lead spoon with a narrow spoon bowl, like the easy peasy tiny spoon that I designed is key to allowing baby to actually bring that spoon to their mouth really again honing in on the touch of that spoon to the tongue so the tongue can actually move towards that spoon to be able to help kind of give the sensory experience to allow the tongue and the mouth to really play in this whole chewing um, movement. Sometimes you'll even see babies who are like, you know, using natural little purees like yogurt, for example, actually chew a little bit of that puree. And the reason why they're doing that is usually because they're using the right spoon. It's stimulating that lip movement. It's stimulating that tongue movement. It's stimulating the cheeks to kind of come in and have that pressure to actually establish that. And so sometimes parents will be like, oh, look how, how funny my baby's kind of chewing purees. I'm like, that's because you have the right spoon. That's because you have a baby that's actually showing you, hey, mom, hey, dad, I'm ready. I'm ready to have some of those finger foods. I'm ready for that skill set. So for those of you listening, you know, look at your baby and how, you know, how your baby is eating from that spoon. And if they're eating independently um, from that spoon, you really want to have that um, baby-led spoon in play in order to really have this foundation um, to help your baby learn how to chew. And if you guys are interested in checking out the spoons, the ones Donna is mentioning, she is the feeding expert and designer for the company Easy Peasy. So they make the original silicone suction mats and bowls that I talk about and we use a lot in our practice. I use them for all my family, but she also designed all of their utensils as well as their open cups. And that's at easypeasyfun.com. I have an affiliate discount code KD10, always works for 10% off. And if you're doing baby led weaning, it's the tiny line, the tiny spoons, the tiny cup, but they have a product called the First Foods Set. That kind of has everything you need to get started. And it includes those products that Dawn created. And they're kind of, I would say at this point, really all you need to give your baby a safe start to solid foods and set them on their way to meeting these feeding milestone that Dawn's been talking about. And Dawn, while I have you here, if I can uh, take advantage, I was working with a baby this week. It's week two of her first 10 days of baby led weaning. She's a super tiny, tiny baby. Um, she was born actually at 42 weeks, but she was like fifth percentile weight for height and weight for age and just kind of floats around in her high chair. So we have her propped up. She sits really well on her own. She was pretty slow to start. She loves your spoon. That's one thing we realized. So she is like going to town on things off of the spoon, but her tongue movement, her mom was like, what's going on here? And I was like, let me ask. I'm talking to a feeding therapist who specializes in this. She designed the spoon today. So I told the mom I would ask, the only way I can describe the baby's tongue motions, it's like, it's almost like a snake. Like she's licking super fast. And I'm like, what? Again, it's only her second week. So it looks like a snake when she, for example, what we were doing today was mushrooms. So mushrooms that were pulsed in a food processor, mixed with an egg, fried into a patty that was soft, cut into strips. So when she picked up the strips, they're kind of, you know, smashing off in her hand. She's just getting the hang of bringing it to her mouth. But the pieces that would fall off, it would smash onto the spoon, put the tiny spoon in her hand using your preloaded spoon approach. But then she would just like lick like crazy at the spoon. What's happening there? 
So basically when babies do that, they're, they're doing, they're doing two things. One, they are trying to kind of use their tongue as a way again to explore. This is what babies do, right? They're exploring a, a teether. They're exploring, you know, anything that you leave on the floor. And they're doing the same thing with your utensils. And this is completely normal. In fact, it is a developmental milestone that a baby is actually playing with their spoon. Now, when they're playing, quote unquote, um, they're moving that tongue. They're, they're kind of licking not only the food around there, but also establishing the curvature of the spoon. And I'm glad that you're just letting her be able to do that because she has to have that that tongue movement established so that that lip can actually, that upper lip can actually overextend and the tongue can come more into the mouth as she starts to practice. So it's a it's a developmental step. So tell that mom, it's, you know, this is very, very normal. And she'll start to see that upper lip really get that extra extension that it needs once the baby is not looking with that with that tongue anymore. Yeah. And that's a great way to describe it. She's looking for the food with her tongue, but you're right. She, and even in a couple of days, it's funny because she will put the spoon further into her mouth and now she's starting to gag herself a little bit, but that's actually a good thing because she's understanding that the spoon needs to go in the mouth in order to get the upper lip over the spoon to move it off. But she needs to figure that out herself. I'm not going to do her any benefits and neither will her mom if we try to do it for her. And I love your approach too, because if you guys listen there, what Dawn said when I asked the question, she said she's using her tongue to explore. And that's why I really love your approach because a lot of this is about exploration. And I swear to God, there are so many feeding therapists out there that would be like, this child has a feeding disorder and needs to be in feeding therapy right now. Look at how she's using her tongue. It's like babies need lots of time to learn how to eat and what to do with this spoon and that this new thing called food tastes different. Like so many different skills coming together. We can't expect them to be proficient on day seven of baby led weaning. So I think remembering that word explore is really helpful for parents if they're feeling stressed, like, oh my gosh, my baby doesn't have it down yet. Yes, yes. And another thing to mention there is that it doesn't happen in one meal. <laughs> you know, you're doing mushrooms this time in a patty. Well, guess what? She might do that again when you're doing yogurt. And then she might do that again when, you know, you have um, some shredded meat, right? It's being able, this is why we keep saying, right? Taste, textures, temperatures, tints. Like all this is so important to be able to offer that to baby early and often because as baby is growing and and has more opportunities with all these different foods, especially if you're using Katie's Hunter First Food Approach, this is so important to really have those developmental skills in place so that your baby is able to chew successfully and decrease the risk of choking. Well, Dawn, thank you so much for your time. It is always a pleasure to speak with you. And thank you for teaching us because some of these topics can be like very confusing and overwhelming to parents, but I love how you simplify it and tell our audience where they can go to learn more about your work and to support your business. Oh, thank you. Uh, they can find me at MissDawnSLP.com for virtual parent coaching for feeding and swallowing questions, as well as at MissDawnSLP on social. And of course, you can always find me at EasyPeasyFun.com uh, for the baby lid weaning products that we were just talking about earlier. And she writes the blog there, which if you guys, like it is such a trove of information, every single blog post there that Dawn has written is just like packed with solid evidence-based recommendations and information because we know there's a lot of conflicting information out there, especially about how babies learn to chew and swallow. I'm constantly blown away by people who explain it incorrectly. So I'm glad that we had the leading speech language pathologist and baby led weaning here to explain it for us. Dawn, thank you again for your time. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much, Katie. It's always so fun. 